A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hi there, I'm Danny Kelly. And I'm Andy Jacobs. And this is the podcast which comes out every day, which is called... The H&J Daily. Um, but of course it is, and absolutely right. Lots of great things today. We really enjoyed Alan Kennedy on the return. No, Alan Fletcher. <laughs> we really, we really enjoyed well, Alan former Fletcher. Former Liverpool and Newcastle fullback. He loved Neighbours. He did, he did. And after he came on, uh, you know, uh, Alan Fletcher, who's actually in Neighbours, came on to talk about being revived. And it's easily done because, of course, he plays Carl Kennedy, so we know how yes. he did that. It's fair enough. And um, what else did we have? We had... Simon uh, Day came in. Simon absolutely. Day. I mean, brilliant, brilliant comedian, told us all about his, his upcoming coming tour, um, which you should try and go to. Simple as that. And Tom Kerridge, the chef and uh, TV presenter, he's got a new book out, so he came and talked to us about that too. It's a book about pub grub. You'll really want to read it and taste it. Yeah, and we had a chat. Should, we chatted a lot. It should be absolutely brilliant. It <laughs> a great little podcast as well. <laughs> Welcome to Andy Jacobs and Danny Kelly here on the mighty, mighty Talk Sport. Beautiful. Yes, We're, welcome, Dan. Welcome uh, along. Oh, and it's lovely. I'm so looking forward to it. I'd like to start with a song from The Sound of Music. Here okay. How do you solve a problem like Maguire? Uh, ah, there you go. <laughs> kind of, I think, Andy, I, I, I hope this... I mean, no, this won't happen because of my singing voice and you're listening on the radio. You know. <laughs> I think I could sing every song in full from The Sound of Music. Really? Yes, I, and probably... <laughs> no, I think I could. Absolutely, I could. Yeah. I, I mean... The Maguire thing, we heard Danny Murphy talking about it a few minutes ago here on, on Jim White's show with Simon Jordan. Um, we just, I'll make the point, we're going to talk about England, Scotland versus England now. Mm. Um, then we're going to have, a, we've got a very unhappy little duty to do. One of the great legends of talk sport, a person who illuminated the station when he worked here, mm. has sadly passed away. Why do you use that phrase? He's died. And we're going to talk about him for a few mm. minutes, and then and then we'll get stuck in. We've got experts from both Scotland and England to talk about the game. But you want to just give your initial thoughts because um, after a, a stodgy performance last time out, I think I used that word clunky. I thought England were excellent last night. They were night. great, and yeah. it was really refreshing. It's, it was wonderful to see them on the front foot. They just played well. They just played. Bellingham. I mean, Bellingham is he's just excellent. He's world class. He's if monstrous. We if we can't win something with him, we're never going to win anything uh, ever. Hang on, I hang mean, on. <laughs> Stick Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard's name in there. And you're, oh, no, no, but I mean, to be he, truthful. They're you're great, actually, mate. I think he's like, your analysis is right. Uh, well, I look, I, I look at him and I see the mixture of technical skill, competitiveness and physical mm. power. And don't forget, he's going to fill out this lad as well. And it looks to me, and I'm going to say this, and I risk you all going mad on Twitter and having a go, it looks like Zinedine Zidane. And I, I'm afraid I, to say, Real Madrid have seen it too, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we have, no, we haven't got in our team we used to have. We used to have that Zidane fella. <laughs> what is a bloke in Germany? Yeah, you're right. He does look, he does play like Zidane. I mean, he hasn't headed by anybody <laughs> in the chest yet, but 
what a footballer he what is. A footballer. And what Rice a is a brilliant footballer. Mm. And, uh, and of course, you know, even with the Saudi Arabian explosion, there aren't there isn't another country in the world that can boast three one hundred million pound footballers in the team. No, um, Chelsea. Can. Uh, yeah, uh, so, no, no. I mean it's national football. Well, Chelsea can, of course yeah, they can. It's um, bad. Let me just. It's uh, thirteen. It's one seven and twenty eight seconds, and he started on Chelsea. No, I haven't said anything. Yeah. I want to ask you: Is it talking of Chelsea? Is it? Gurhi or Gehi? I say Gehi by the look of it. No, no, they were saying Gurhi. Let's play Gurhi or Gehi. <laughs> we what did you want to say about Harry Maguire, Andy? No, just that I just think it did him no favours bringing him on in that situation. And he had an opportunity there, 2 0 up. You've got a young player like Colwell, who's the future of, of England, is a beautiful passer out of defence. He's a fantastic prospect. What did he need to see half a game of Harry Maguire that he hadn't seen? He's, that he didn't, it's not a he's finishing ability. On. But he, yeah. it's not a hill for Gareth to die. I don't get it. I don't get what he's, you know, he defends him after the match and everything. You know, we can all see, you know, we can all see what's going on. You know, you can't tell fans no. that, that, that there's a problem, not a problem with this player. But Gareth, he should have left United. Everybody knows that. It was a massive error not to join West Ham. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more for his own sake. Because when the yeah. goal, when the own goal goes in and every central defender scores that exact course, same own goal, it's, it's a occupational hazard but the look on the poor bloke's face mm. as as you know the abuse he was getting from the Scottish fans they're entitled of course provided it's not personal mm. it's about your footballing skill um, and then that happened to him and you could see he's, he's, whole, he's a big big man but he was shrinking visibly on the mm. television screen and I've, hey, hey, oh, these are the words you don't expect to hear. I felt a bit sorry for him. It's just, but that's the thing. Yeah. You know, why not go go to West Ham, rebuild your career, play well, then earn your place, and then people won't say. No, I, I just didn't think he did him any favours. I'm glad you mentioned Colwell because I I was thinking England's future at the back, and it's the only place where their team looks Dunk. a little bit unstable. Is Chelsea's academy, isn't it? Mm. You've got Tamori, you've got Gay, mm. you've got. Um, Colville, Colville. I thought Dunk, Dunk played very well. He's not he been at Chelsea. He doesn't. No, no, but he looks good. He looked very good. So I think he's he's been good for some time now. And uh, an yeah. interesting thing about about England at the back is that the rest of the team. I thought the wide players, both fullbacks and midfielders, and um, the variety of sort of wide balls he brought on, all did brilliantly. Some of the crossing was extraordinarily good. Um, the only place there are questions about England's team, of course, is at centre back. But there, what he needs to do, I think. Um, Stones may well occupy one mm. of the space, but just do the basic defending because that team is good enough, and they should man, they possibly should have won the European Championship. Got to the penalty shootout, mm. the defeat against France in the World Cup. They were they were one of the better teams in the World Cup. You know, Kane misses a penalty. How often does that happen? I don't think anybody's doubting that Gareth's done a good job. No, I no, quite. Has, but you know, oh, just no, no, this, no. in this case though, it, I think he's got it wrong. And but, I, th- look, I, th- I think he's know. I think he's normally he's a smarter bloke than that. Um, you know, it's it's one of the traps. I think I talked about this on Monday on on, on H and J, um, before it became Andy Jacobs, Danny Kelly. Um, we talked about how managers always, in the end, fall into the trap of trusting people too much and too long, particularly international managers because they can't go out mm. and buy another centre half. And Gareth, he, he, normally he wouldn't never let this happen, but this thing of endlessly defending what to the untrained eye looks indefensible, it's not doing him any good at all. No. Absolutely. Anyway, yeah. more of England later yeah. with Henry Winter. We'll, we'll look at Scotland as well in a minute. But we ought to talk about uh, Giles, Giles, Giles Carruthers, Gilo, yeah. as we all know him here. Yeah. 
We yes, got the yeah. news yesterday. Yes. No, no he's, he does have a name, Giles Carruthers. But nobody on God's green planet <laughs> knew him as Giles Carruthers. He was just Gilo he to was everybody. Gilo to everybody. Um, and he was a big part of the Talksport family. And I, I've noticed that Paul wrote a lovely tribute on uh, Twitter. Adrian, Dance, Macca, even Richard Keyes, who worked with him for a while. Everybody that came across Gilo loved him because he was just a lovable, lovely man. When I got the uh, you know, when the, the print of the of the BBC's boot was still still fresh on the on the, on the seat of my pants, um, and I came over here to talk sport. Mm. The person who gave me the uh, a huge hug, we didn't even know each other. As I came through the door, he just knew my work. He's ah, oh, Danny Kelly, how are you doing, kidder, etc. <laughs> he was an amazing. It was sometimes to be fair, John, you might come in and you might be a bit concentrating on the work or worried about some guest you're getting in. And you perhaps didn't need to be attacked by a gigantic Labrador puppy, but that's, <laughs> that's what he was like half the time. Of course, some of you will say, well, who is this Gilo? The name may not resonate with you. What will do is his voice, because he was he came on every... Pro- people liked him so much. He was invited on to... Yeah, the, he was know. on the Fools panel for about two years. We got him to read out uh, Steve Bruce's murder mysteries. And he, he was also famous for his contacts, but he was a brilliant oh. set-up producer. He was really excellent at it, and he guarded this thing with his life, this yeah. contacts. But, and everybody mentioned it in, 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 yeah. in the tributes to him. So yeah, we last saw him about 18 months ago at the National Football Museum in Manchester. He came along for the show, and we were a bit... Worried about him, we were. His health suffered in later years. Yeah. He lost his parents. He lost his sister, which was a huge blow to him. Oh, you could and see. He, you he could never see, really recovered. From could that. see what what it was costing him personally. But we all had tales of texts. You you got and yeah. with me, it was City and Chelsea. You just text each other. He used to text me between two and three in the morning. You knew I was a night <laughs> yes, owl. You are, yeah. um, with just endless streams of really obscure mm. bands from the north of England. Uh, just and just it'd be crispy ambulance. <laughs> or and there'd be another band name and there was no introduction just wanted to know my answer which is better or for worse he also had a wicked and sometimes quite dark sense of humour I was scrolling through mm. his um, the, the text he sent me more recently and at the height of the pandemic he just sent me one that just said this this thing or the Black Death question mark <laughs> oh, you know God. I mean absolutely I mean tasteless of course but uh, <laughs> just the, these things would arrive at 2.15 in the morning and think Gilo what is going on with you listen um, he loved City uh, yeah, he was a massive City fan yeah. but he was always very fair and he was always very humble about City's success because he remembered he'd, he'd where, where they through, came yeah. from so that was it I remember Sean Goater came in he was incredibly oh. excited the other thing he did was we were remembering he used to sell Christmas trees for some reason <laughs> he used to come in in December and take orders for Christmas trees and he supplied quite a lot of us. I think the phrase one-off <laughs> it, it was, was designed one-off. for that man. We are really, really going to miss Gilo. I was mm. absolutely polexed when I heard about this yesterday. Mm. Here's just a few of our favourite memories of our absolute favourite City fan. Hi, how you doing? Everybody, Twitter corner, and it's the Cruyff turn in the total football. Oh, oh yeah! yeah. Tease me, baby. It's a two days me. off to write that. Oh, I love you. I love you both. He's Jilo. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake, do we want promotion or don't we? Promotion, the forbidden word. I smiled. Sure, I want promotion. I want to see this club up there with the giants of the game where we belong. As far as the members of the squad and the coaching staff are concerned, the only strategy that matters was to take three points from Brideford next Monday. 
Sean Ryder, Sean Ryder, Sean Ryder. Hey, Sean, you're right, mate. Hiya. How you doing? Right, really appreciate uh, you coming on TalkSport, mate. What I'm going to do, I'm just going to ask you a few questions and everything, and we go from there. Right, listen, just do me a favour, right? Yeah. Just hang on for one sec while I get out of the car, because the baby's crying. <laughs> and some mate. just took our windmiller off. Oh, bloody hell. Gilo, uh, of course, Gilo, one of our producers here at TalkSport, uh, the Christmas joke, Gilo, give it to us now. Well, firstly, I just want to say season's greetings to everybody. Really nice to see the lads and lasses here. I started off on this show, so it's absolutely brilliant. So it's really good to see you. Really good Come to down and make the effort. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> so here we go, Gilo. Right, the Christmas joke, which started about uh, 16 years ago when I first came here. Yes. And let's start off. Think Empire Strikes Back. So you've got the lightsabers. <laughs> Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, hmm. right? They're right on the edge of the, the Death Star, right on the platform, jutting out into outer space. And Darth Vader gives a death-defying blow. Luke Skywalker falls off the precipice. He's hanging by one arm. He's hanging by one hand there. And then Darth Vader goes... <laughs> <laughs> Well, he had a cold at the time. Yeah, that's asthmatic, wasn't it? Luke. Luke. I know what you are receiving for Christmas, Luke. How can you know that, Lord Vader? How can you know that? Well, it came from Clitheroe. Yeah, of course it I know all things. I see all things. How can you know that, Lord Vader? How can you know that? <laughs> Luke Skywalker. I felt your presence. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Marvellous, and the basil brush. Oh, no, Look after yourself. Up Manchester it. City. And it was like that from the moment you arrived at work. Yeah, lovely usually. tribute there, put together by John, our producer. Very nice. Yeah, thank you very, very much indeed. And, um, you know, looking down this dialogue, thank you for everything you did for me over the years. Um, and I, I wish I'm, I'm getting get more text now about the fall at three o'clock in the morning. It's yeah. very sad indeed. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It was gone. There was tears. And now it's back. Oh, it's so exciting. Neighbours, how dare they cancel <laughs> Neighbours? I, mean, I speak as, you know when, when they close down a big shop in like Wilco or Woolworths? And they go, yeah. and then you go, it's terrible, they close that shop down. Oh, I, I've never been in it. I've never <laughs> seen an episode of Neighbours, but I was horrified when they closed <laughs> it down. Because people get so much pleasure. Well, it's back, and who better tell us all about that? And a great friend of the show over the years, I know. He plays uh, Dr Carl Kennedy in Neighbours. Um, actor and uh, Liverpool fan, it says here, Alan Fletcher. Hi, Alan. Hi, Daniel. Lovely Joy to, to meet you. you. Joy to meet Thank you. Of course. Joy to meet you too, and of course, wonderful to see Andy, uh, who we've uh, we've had plenty of. Chat. And he's our resident neighbours expert. So, well, were, you, were you as horrified as me when they cancelled oh, it? I was gutted. We were so upset when it was cancelled. Yeah. I mean, only you would have been more upset than <laughs> yeah. us. Well, it didn't make only any sense. Only his bank manager would be more upset when it got yeah. cancelled. No, yeah. it didn't. I mean, we it was it was still really doing well. It was yeah. really popular over here, and of course, the last episode got a massive audience. Five and a half million cumulatively yeah. watched that last episode. And we just, what we need, uh, Andy, is for them to come back next Monday. Yeah. When it starts streaming, and what, and they will watch. 
So how can people watch it if they want to? Well, Amazon, uh, who are the saviour of the show, they've got an app uh, on your television, your tablet, whatever you like, smartphone. It's called Freebie, and it is free. Uh, and the show, the screening of it is free. So I think it's also incorporated inside their Prime app as well. So, so yes, just download the Freebie app and off you go. I mean, I can't ever remember this happening where a show was dead, everybody celebrated its its life, and then suddenly, not that long after it finished, you got the news. What happened? Well, uh, it had to end because there was just no money. So, you know, the... The ship had to be put into dry dock, and then Amazon saw. They said they told us this. They saw the the outpouring of grief. They saw the people watching it, and they went, "This this is a bit mad, isn't it? I mean, there's so many people love this show." So that's when they started. They commenced negotiations. It took a while, but I think around about late October, November, we were able to you know find out that, that, that they bounced the ball again. The thing is, of course, it takes a long time to get a show like that back up and running. Sure. So uh, we couldn't start filming until April. It has been a bit of a blessing in disguise, though, because here we had a show which was doing great and everyone loved it, but now that we had to reinvent it, they said, well, hang on, how, how can we make this better? What can we do to make it better? And so they they toiled a uh, wonderful script department and, of course, the technical department. They've made it look better. The view of the show is different. The sets look different, Andy. You, you know, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I've heard it's a bit more raunchy. Is that true? A little bit, yes. <laughs> well, you know, time's... Well, zone. look at him. Why wouldn't it? Why <laughs> look, wouldn't it be more raunchy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, there's, there's, uh, we've been able to introduce some new characters as well, which yeah, really livens the thing up. But, mm. but, of course, we've still got our, our regular characters. I always say to people if you love neighbors in the past you'll still get the neighbors you you know and love but if you've never seen the show and you tuned in on monday for the first time you would you'd fit straight in you'd you'd, you'd work out what was going on has it got a new theme tune is that right it's got the same theme tune but sung by guy sebastian and a different arrangement i'll never change those words i used to keep updating uh, back in the day when you were still at primary school (laughs) there was a show here called crossroads and they were endlessly updating the that was huge it was the great Mm. rival to Coronation Street, and I remember being at school and people complaining bitterly about the new Crossroads theme. Paul McCartney had played it. I don't know what these people wanted, to be oh honest. Paul Lord. McCartney had been dragged in uh, to, to play it. I mean, obviously the world of television is changing I mean, in front of our eyes, day by day, different platforms, different ways of financing it. How, uh, are you working differently, or is it just back into a studio, there's your writers, there's your gallery, there's your gantry, there's your camera crew, off we go. Well, we are. Is it different? No, we're we're working very differently because what we've done now is we've got our location crew and our studio crew both have a director of photography and we shoot both sets like like we're shooting a film. Mm. And they built, rebuilt the sets so that we can show the audience the whole room uh, which makes it look more filmic. Every every shot is individually lit. It's incredible. I don't know how they've actually managed to do it within the time we have to shoot, but it just it's a seamless thing. Uh, it, it looks fantastic. That's the main thing. All the Hollywood Neighbours alumni came back, didn't they, for the last show, which was mm. incredible. I mean, it's been a great proving ground for many fine actors. I mean, look at Margot Robbie. Yep. I mean, it's unbelievable what's happened to her. But... Were they? I read somewhere they were a bit upset that it was being brought back because they'd all done this sort of last thing. But you know, I think that might have been a bit of a clickbait thing to be honest, because no one said anything like that to me. Guy Pierce was the the kind of the 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 real champion of this. Mm. I, when I spoke to Guy when he came back at the end of end of Neighbours, he said that he had a confab with all the you know the the alumni and and and, and they all, everyone agreed they wanted to come back to pay tribute to Neighbours and Guy. 
he's such an incredible bloke. He did wonderful three episodes at the end, which are some of the best scenes, and he's agreed to come back and guest on The New Neighbours because, of course, his character would have to be there. Mm. So he's, he's, a, he's a legend. I mean, uh, Alan, you, you won't mind me saying this. You're only my third favourite Australian. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> but behind Nick Cave and, of course, now, because you're no secret, I'm a Spurs fan, Ange Postacoglu. Good old Ange. The reaction to Postacoglu as a bloke, um, perhaps after three years of being in prison with Conte and, and, and Mourinho, is amazing. What's been the reaction in Australia to having an Australian manager in the Premier League? For, I think for the first time, is that yeah. right? Yeah, it's huge, and uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll see an upswing of interest and so forth. And I think Spurs are going to do very well for themselves in terms of a supporter base uh, out of Australia. These, it's really easy to forget that Ange is actually the most awarded manager. Uh, that Australia's ever produced on every league, on every level, he's 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 worked his way through all the all the wonderful leagues. Um, you know what he did with Celtic was incredible, and um, I think he's going to do good things for Spurs. They're certainly playing like a dream. Yeah, no, no, and it's quite. And he's a, he's a kind of. <laughs> I mean, I know I know he's very big on psychology and getting the best out of people. But there's also a part of him that is the archetypical no nonsense Aussie, isn't there? Yeah. The way the way he employs the word mate so passive aggressively when he wants to shut <laughs> yes. down a conversation is just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I love well I love watching the managers press conferences. You know, Jurgen's got his own sort of way of dealing with things. He sort of mumbles away and mm. laughs and scratches his beard and all that. But yeah, Angie's very direct. It's a very Aussie thing. Yeah. Coming back to Neighbours, I mean, presumably all of the actors they wanted were asked. Was there anybody that didn't, that had, had enough? Or Well, I didn't know of anyone who was asked who, who didn't come back. Some couldn't come back, I think. There were some people who sort of said, look, I can't. And in fact, they, a couple of occasions, um, actors have been replaced by another performer who couldn't come back because they wanted the character, just mm. couldn't get the actor. Uh, but that's, that's not the first time that's no, happened. No, no, <laughs> no. We all remember Libby disappearing <laughs> yeah, under the water. Yeah, she came back as somebody else. Yes. And uh, Cheryl. And Cheryl, indeed. No, th these things happen, but... Um, uh, no, I think everyone who was asked, I, as I understand it, mm. came back. Uh, and cause everyone wanted to, you know. The, this show is iconic. It's done so much for people's careers. And it's a joy to work on it as well. So and I'm, sh family. I'm sure, given what you're talking about, that you've, you've noticed, if you need a body double for Harold Bishop, I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I, I'm available and I work, pretty, I work pretty cheap. Yeah? Well, uh, I'll, I'll pass that on because there's a very good chance we'll need a body double for Harold. <laughs> he uh, came back, though, didn't he? Did he, he did. He, yeah. and, he, and he's going to be... He's, he's guesting in The New Neighbours as well. Oh, wow. wonderful. Amazing. Now there's a musical element to this as well. I've got a note in front of me that says, don't forget to play a bit of Alan's new single... I've got a crush on Susie K. Um, uh, I heard you recently well, I made. I see you live you? and you sung that, didn't yes, you? Yes, yes. This is a song I created some time ago, but I've been singing it live at the Celebration Tour, my Dr. Carl tour, and fans love the song so much. It's a, it's a, it's a gentle, tongue-in-cheeks, uh, but reverential uh, tip of the cap to beautiful Susan Kennedy, the mm. queen of Ramsey Street. And so it's a fun song, and all the fans said, you've got to record it, release it. So I popped it out last Friday uh, on the 8th of September, for the release of The New Neighbours, and uh, it's had a wonderful reaction. Well, this has been great talking to you. Neighbours is back, everybody. You really know how to get hold of it. <laughs> this is um, uh, I've Got a Crush on Susie K. I got a crush on Susie K. She wouldn't give me the time of day. The most beautiful girl on Australian TV. I got a crush on Susan Kennedy. Hurry home from school every afternoon. Switch the telly on and get ready to swoon The super mama Ramsey Street, she's so 
The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, hello, everybody. Welcome to the second part of today's edition of Andy Jacobs and Danny Kelly. I'm Danny Kelly sitting in for Paul. How could I ever equal him? But I'll do my level best. We've got a brilliant hour for you. Tim Vickery will be coming on. Tell mm. us all the latest stories from the South American World Cup qualifiers. Always a bun fight. Although, Andy, you do realise, uh, if let's say the one who gets in the playoffs goes through, it means every team will qualify in South America bar three countries. Oh, no, it's mad. Absolutely mad. Um, Tom Carriage, the chef, will join us a little later on, and so will Samantha Jones-Smith. A long story about that village that ends in Gog, 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 and we'll get on to that a little later. I'm delighted to say, though, and um, we're going to be talking for the next few minutes, um, which is longer, um, to one of our most underrated, and uh, that's, supposed to be, that's supposed to be a compliment, <laughs> actors and comedians. And I'm not just saying that because he's a Spurs fan and because we always seem to be communicating on Twitter, but it's a delight yes. to have Simon Day in the room. Hi, Simon, how are you? I'm very well, chaps. How are you? Good, thanks. I was just thinking how, I mean, first of all, we've got to talk about what you want to talk about in just a second, but... Um, you know, in the years when I used to be tumbling around the West End, I used to occasionally bump into you, yes. um, but we don't know each other. But the way social media works, I do, I mean, you know, we talk about music and yeah, football yeah. and stuff. It's like you know someone absolutely yeah. personally and, you you know, I haven't yeah. seen you in it, the flesh for 30 years. It can be OK, social media, for that It sort can of thing. be, absolutely. If you're talking about specialised subjects. Yeah, keep it light, keep it free. <laughs> keep, keep it light, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean, you know, very specialised. <laughs> no. Uh, Simon, I mean, uh, I don't want to make a big thing about, you know, it turns out you were right all along, but you are here to talk about your Dave Angel tour. And Dave Angel looked like an oddball um, when you invented the character and played the character so brilliantly on the far show. Now, of course, everybody believes the things he believed. Yeah, well, he looks in this show, he looks back on his life and um, he talks a bit about that, about helping the Indians when he was he went out to the Amazon basin to help the Indians. But also the fact that he invented nudism and he dwells on that a bit. There are some photographs, but they're all in the best possible taste. And he also talks about AI. Um, he, that's what he's moving into now. He's moving into AI. Now, see, that, that's a problem for me. Again, I've lived too long, Simon. <laughs> yeah. You know, to me, coming from rural stock in Ireland, AI means artificial insemination. Yes. <laughs> and the man who's to come round and, um, you know, create the baby calves is the AI man. Um, yeah. And now I've got to learn a whole new meaning for, for the phrase. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, before I get on to the more, the more ecological stuff, I'm sure you're not going to wear that thong again, are you, on stage? No, I don't do that. <laughs> no, once was enough, I was a younger man. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people see Dave Angel? Well, I'm appearing uh, this Friday night. I'm in Western Supermare. Uh, then on the 21st and 22nd, I'm at Hampstead Arts Centre. And the 23rd, I'm in uh, Exeter. But if you look at my website, simondaycomedian.com, which hasn't come up here uh, for some reason, I've got no <laughs> service, simondaycomedian.com, it's got all my tour dates on there. Brilliant. Um, yeah, we should talk about some of the things you've been doing since we last saw you. Hmm. I loved you as the dad in King Gary. I thought that was a great couple of series. Yeah, oh, I really enjoyed it, yeah. I mean, Fun. he wrote the part for me, and uh, it was... We were allowed to do a lot of ad-libbing and so forth. And, I, and it, I thought that was a great show. It was a sort of, a, you know, rare thing, isn't it? Hmm. It was it was like a quite a little sort of love story there between those two. But uh, Yeah, their relationship was funny. It was yeah, good. exactly. And Tom's funny in everything he does. Um, and it is quite weird being t- having a go at someone who's like two heads taller than you. 
Uh, and expecting them to be as scared of you is kind of a really strange feeling. And I don't know whether you've been here every every day for the last six weeks, so but um, a, a little while back, a couple of years ago, maybe even in the lockdown, did you did that series of little films about the builder? Yeah, the builder. Uh, well, the build, builder films. I show my life funny. show. So. I've edited them together. Have you together. seen these? No. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Short, bits, yeah. six, five, six minutes to, yeah. to camera if, if about, about you know, the classic builder coming in. Oh, no, you don't want that time. It was yeah, so yeah, yeah. good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hope, yeah, he's used hopeless builder, overpriced um, <laughs> idol idiot who always says, is that your tape? Oh, I thought it was mine. <laughs> and has very, very sort of specialised... Are you doing one in, the, in this yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I've put all the films together yeah. and, and they, they come on during, as I get changed from character to character. That saves you a lot of work. Good. Well done, very De- good. Well, definitely, yeah. I mean, and that's the trouble with, with doing a character show. You, if you do four characters, a lot of changes. If you, if you haven't seen The Building, and it was tucked away, let's be fair, it wasn't yeah, it on was, primetime yeah. television, um, you're, you're in for such a treat. Um, you know, most of the things Simon does make you laugh, but they really, really were very, very good indeed. I suppose making you laugh. They are. They're making me laugh at the moment. I think it's great. I think he's a good manager. He's coming. I like what he said about it's all down to me. If it goes wrong, it's my fault. You know, I think he he, he had that that sort of bonus of, of Harry going. So everyone goes, oh, well, look, Harry's gone. He can't, you know, if it yeah. goes wrong, we can't blame him. Mm. But he's definitely... He's good at galvanising players. He he seems seems to have a very strong idea of what he wants to do, and it'll be interesting whether or not we can manage to prize um, your man away from Brentford, won't it? Oh, Ivan Tony. Yeah, yeah I mean, there'll I'm... be another club in for him. I think, no, Chelsea will buy him and then never buy him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, I hear. I mean, I hear off off the record of or no no. Just just a million listeners. Can't then. prove yeah. it at all. <laughs> But I hear that Spurs are in for him, so yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens there. But yeah, uh, yeah. am I overreacting? I've, I've been describing to the lads here on a Monday when I help out here on H and J, my feeling about Spurs, you know, trying to play some forward football. I've been saying it's like you've been in a sort of dank institution, a prison or something, for yeah. three years, yeah. and they let you out through a little door at the front, and the sun hits your face for the first time. Well, exactly. That's exactly what it's been like, and it was strange because when Conte came, it was like, oh, well, you have to win. He, he's a winner. Yeah, he's a winner. And he proceeded to play the most awful football. <laughs> Turgid, wasn't it? He had terrible luck, didn't he? I think a couple of his friends passed away. I mean, that was all terrible, yeah. yeah uh, Betancourt think... didn't help when yeah. he got injured. That was a big blow. But uh, yeah. no, Spurs, is for, for neutrals, which yeah. I'm not, but for neut- it's better to watch really? games involved with Spurs <laughs> than it was. And, you know, and they have been quite exciting. But the league now, the problem with the league now is, yeah, you've made a good start. Yeah. But you could finish anywhere from third yep. to 14th in this league. It's so competitive. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I can never remember so it. So who's like finishing this. second, by the way? Uh, it's Arsenal and Man City are first okay. and second. Okay. Okay. Yeah, or the other way around. And then from then on... Oh, I, I haven't, I haven't failed to notice. I think that under Conte, Spurs were top this time last year. And under Nuno, they won the first three games. For, <laughs> we specialise. They should just call it Falls Dawn FC, you know. <laughs> we specialise in that sort of thing. Definitely. Yeah, it's about when you know when how do Spurs do against? Well, they always do well against City, but how do they do against them? Arsenal, Liverpool, yeah. Chelsea. Well, that will be quite God. lively, I think. But we'll yeah, see. And he's yeah. now got himself into into a place where he counts Chelsea as a mid-table team. Is that right? Well, what else can you do? Most Chelsea fans I know are kind of like, oh, what is going on? Having trumpeted the new yeah. guys, they're better than the Bramovich. Well, they're these not. These two know what they're doing. They're the worst owners ever to come into yeah. football. They <laughs> now, are. They're now they're simple. like, oh, who are because these Because most owners who come into football and are criticised, 
it's because they don't spend any money. Yeah. These people have spent too much money on the <laughs> wrong things. Yeah. You know, how can you spend that money and not buy a striker and a proper goalkeeper? That is mad. So, yeah, yeah but, you know, the thing is, we understand how it works at Chelsea. You know, it's cyclical. Chelsea had 20 great years. Now they've got to rebuild. Whether yeah. it works or not, we'll wait and see. Yeah. But it's not cyclical in other leagues. You know, Real Madrid. Uh, it's hard Barcelona. to maintain. England, it is. It's hard to maintain. Yeah. You know, someone waiting to knock at the door. You know, what will City be like the day Pep goes? Well, we can we, no disrespect to him, and we hope he leaves on his own terms. Hopefully, when he goes, yeah, things will be <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. Simon, last question for you about about the show. Mm. I mean, Dave Angel's a good example. Yeah. I mean, you've done so many amazing things over the years, and so many characters as well. Yeah. What? Why do you think one or two of them just endure, and perhaps others who maybe you might have thought was equally good and equally funny don't make the journey? It's difficult to say, really, isn't it? I mean. Certainly, all of the, all of them on the far show, apart from Gideon Summers, which was a bit intellectual. It, you know, it wasn't. People aren't going to be down the pub going, that Gideon Summers is great." On the other hand, <laughs> when, it, when he was in front, when he was in front of those stately homes, I was still laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some I enjoy doing more than more than others, believe it or not. Some I just love doing, and the writing comes really easy. Other ones, uh-huh. it's a bit more. It's harder work. You Got know? to mention Brian Pern as well. We both yeah, love which Brian. I don't do live because yeah. of the songs and. That's that was wonderful. Well, I want yeah. to do, get Reese out and do Brian Pern live. All right, listen, the, the, uh, it's been far too short, and it's like I say, a joy to meet you in person and not to be communicating with you on what we'll always call Twitter. Remind people again of the website so they yeah, can get Yeah, silentdaycomedian.com. Uh, Please go online, and there's about four, I think there's about six dates on there in September. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
As I was saying, you couldn't ask for a wider range of top guests. We've already heard no, from Simon Day this hour and somebody purporting to be Tim Vickery. We've still Alan got Fletcher from Samantha Jones-Smith to come. <laughs> a, a story that Andy found is one sentence, but it was one of those, you called it a Johnny Nash one. It, it begs so many questions, this one-sentence story. It's and incredible. to add to all... To, uh, in danger here of uh, oversweetening this particular pudding. <laughs> and to add to that lovely, lovely um, Dundee cake of guests, that's how dense it's been. <laughs> yeah. I'm delighted to say the icing on the top of that, they probably wouldn't ice a Dundee cake, I don't know. Um, we're, we're joined <laughs> now by a top chef. I love the way, Tom, that they put, they put, you know, you're an internationally renowned chef, but the try because it's talk sport, I've got here, Gloucester Rugby and Marlowe Town fan as well. <laughs> yeah. Just, yes. Tom Carriage, everybody. Tom Carriage is here. And yeah. Tom, you've got a new book out. And the, uh, the, the, the title, the, the, the subtitle is The Ultimate Modern British Food Bible. But the actual title contains my two favourite words in the English language, one after the other, pub and kitchen. Yeah. So it's called Pub <laughs> Kitchen, uh, The Ultimate Modern British Food Bible. What's it about, Tom? Well, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a number of things, but it's mostly a celebration and a revisit. My, my first book came out 10 years ago, and that was called Proper Pub Food. And this is 11 books later... 10 years uh, moving forward down the line of how pub food has moved forward. And the first book was very homely and comforting and lovely dishes that we were all familiar with. And this one is uh, kind of a reflection of how great the British pub has become and how we're a little bit of a, like a magpie nation of taking on lots of different foods from all over the world where you could have, I don't know, you might have a Sri Lankan prawn curry as a main course. You might have like mm. a Korean style spare ribs as a starter, but you still might have sticky toffee pudding as a dessert. And uh, our pub, have become such amazing, incredible places with brilliant food. You know, we've got pubs now that we have Mission Star Pub with Sky Sports showing on the telly. You know, we've mm. become much more diverse and food has become properly intertwined into pub society and I love it. A lot of this uh, comes out in your programme, which I'm really enjoying, Inside the World of Hospitality. Yeah. It's a really fascinating insight into the world of running a restaurant and you realise, A, it's blooming hard work, the dedication... The hour, the whole thing. I mean, if you people take it for granted, you go out and you have a lovely meal, and you eat the meal, and you go home, but you don't realise what goes into it. Yeah, there's so much that goes into it. Yeah, programme's been great. We, we filmed it over a year, and with that, we visited 16 different kind of hospitality venues, from whether they were uh, great big kind of like wedding venues and five-star hotels through to small little fish and chip shops up north or, or an individual mission-star restaurant. And they were all just about the one thing, that the collective force of nature within the hospitality is it's, it's something that's led by passion. Hmm. People are in it because it's something that they want to do. They love it first and foremost. And, you know, hospitality irrespective of whether you think the pub is packed and busy it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of money the profit margins are very small they're incredibly expensive to make work but they're driven and run by people who care who love being in that world get a buzz from it so it's kind of it's it's almost like this wonderful vocation that comes in and i think that comes across in the show i'm glad you picked up some of the ambition of these people sorry Dan. yeah please you know the 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 guys that just because we do cheltenham every year so we disappointed to find out about this place afterwards but those guys with their sort of barbecue beefy 
Yeah, the beefy boy from Hereford. So they just opened. Yeah, they just opened just in time for Cheltenham Week this year. Mm. You've got to go next year because they are arguably some of the best burgers I have ever eaten. Mm. They're an amazing bunch of blokes that drunkenly competed, sent off the information form to compete in the World Barbecue Championships in in Vegas. They got accepted. They Mm. thought, well, we better go. They went there and came second. So they come back and opened it. And like, it is a wonderful story of commitment, hard work, drive, determination. But it comes down to it being a good product. I mean, I know that some of the reality programmes, not your own, um, they have to have drama in them. That's the way these things work. Or you take a written series like Bear that's been such a huge success. Massive, yeah. But it all it seems to give the impression that behind the, the sort of white tablecloths and the lovely plate of food arriving in front of you, it's a madhouse. It can't all be like that. We'd only have crisps, wouldn't we? Yeah. But what comes over in the programme is that kitchens have changed. This thing of, you know, screaming at people. This that guy, is, this that's, is I can't be like that. I could I'm, no, no I one think, word there. No, I mean, kitchens where, where, where they, they, they have changed, but also if it is going wrong and people are shouting and screaming at each other, that means it's gone wrong. You know, you want it to go right. You want it to be smooth. Now, there's a difference between adrenaline-fueled excitement and kitchens Creative that are out of control. Yeah. And mm. it's a little bit... I tell you what, it is the closest. I've got a great friend who... My best mate at school, he played Premier League rugby for his whole career, and he's now retired. He's a coach for one of the top teams, and you just have the conversations with him, and... It, the, the similarities between restaurants and and, uh, and sportsmen are very similar because you could do all the prep work, you do all the hard work, and then you get into service and you haven't got time to be polite to each other. You know, if you want the mm. ball now, 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 you scream mm. at each other, you mm. shout at each other, and it's that kind of adrenaline fueled excitement that you buzz off, and that's where that kind of similarity comes. But yeah, you're right, it has moved, it has changed, but there is a, there's a fine line between adrenaline and excitement and it dropping off and being something that's uncomfortable. I'll let Andy ask you about the face recipes in the book in a second but I must just tell you a story if I may um, a few years ago I had a, a major birthday and I live in the Republic of Ireland and um, my family all getting together my mum is a woman in her late 80s who who eats you know very traditional food but the fact that um, good pub cooking can change people came to us you know my, my wife bless her went to great lengths to find a pub that was really flash and nice and all for the celebration of my family but where my mum would still get something to eat because they do do bacon and cabbage and spuds like in in wooden island <laughs> and we thought well, that's great it's called johnny foxes and then in dublin mountains amazing pub by the way huge if you ever get to that part of the world go there um, so we get to Johnny Fox's and we're all ordering you know, ordering up exactly you say, the Thai prawns and all the rest of it. And I look across to my mum and say, what are you having there, mum? Expecting to see the uh, the bacon and cabbage. She said, I'm having the Korean pork. That is how she speaks, <laughs> by the way. And we thought, hang on, we've gone to so much trouble. To find. <laughs> and she saw it on a menu, she liked the look of it, and so she got it. But and that, isn't that magic? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And you wouldn't get that in any other... You, you wouldn't go to Korea and have bacon and cabbage. Okay, no, you, you, know, not, no. you wouldn't go to... Ireland, you wouldn't go to, to Italy and have and have a Korean dish. It's, but, it, but pubs in these islands have changed all that, haven't they? Absolutely magical. Mm. Bring everything together. Yeah. But also, the standard, it's a bit like the football, the English football, the standard of cooking now, the great British menu, which you did. I mean, I watched that as well. The standard, these guys are just incredible what they're producing. It's really It's unbelievable. The, the British food scene has changed and adapted and grown uh, wonderfully over the last... I mean, I've been cooking 32 years now, and it's, it's got to that point where you, it, it's almost, you know, it, it's recognised the world over. When I first started cooking, it was a laughingstock, and now it's seen... And the, the levels of chefs that are coming out, there's some incredible world-class cooking that's happening, and not just in the centre of London here, like everywhere, up and down the country, and Great mm. British Menu is fantastic for that because it showcases these brilliant 
chefs all around the country. Pressure as well, and there's a lot of pressure in that show. Anyway, let's talk a bit about the book because there are some lovely res- uh, recipes in it. Uh, there's a pie section. I'm delighted to see. Have you I'm eaten def- all of those, Tom? Oh, yeah. So the, the, <laughs> the great thing is, <laughs> when we when we do the book shoot, when you actually shoot the recipes, you cook the exact recipes, take the photographs of them. What you got to do them? You got to eat them. You got to eat them. I can't honor, keep this fine figure up without <laughs> eating, without eating them. You're talking to me, man. <laughs> you did lose a lot of weight at one point, didn't I you? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too yeah. much. Oh, yeah, too much. A lot of that was booze, booze mm. induced, and late night cheese on toast. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. If, um, you, if you had to choose a favourite, I'm sorry to give you such a juvenile question. They all look fantastic. I'm sure they're all lovely to eat. What about you yourself, Tom? Of the, the new book, what's the thing you... I like there's a couple of real simple ones in there, but there's a, there's a lamb rump with a madras gravy, and it's that kind of knock-on effect. I love a rump of lamb. It's quite it's super tasty. It's really delicious. It's got great flavour, but it kind of a gravy that's got those curry flavours from it. Like It's like it's like a, a lamb curry, but next level. And it's But it, again, it's very, very simple to make. Lovely. I'm well, going to have a go at that. Well, it's already making this, my mouth water. Going, going home. Yeah, and of course, uh, for those of you, uh, now I want to make you all very, very jealous. Uh, Tom has brought us in some handmade brownies. Um, I'm just opening the box here now. Oh, I think they I think they might get devoured in the second half of the show. <laughs> <laughs> if, you me, if you hear me introduce a guest like that, you'll know what happened, won't you? Tom Carriage has been an absolute Brilliant. pleasure. The book, once again, is called um, Pub Kitchen, the Ultimate Modern British Food Bible. And like so many cookery books, I'm not a cooking fan myself, but my wife has loads of them. I looked through them because they're so beautiful. On top of everything else, the pictures of the food and the way it's mm, presented. It um, well, you, you always want to eat the pages. Thanks for coming in. Cheers. It's a pleasure. Thanks, guys. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Fried chicken burgers with blue cheese mayonnaise. <laughs> Onglet steak with uh, green peppercorn sauce and triple cooked chips. I must open these pages at random now. Lamb suet pudding with braised peas. Um, we're um, running Neither through. Neither need lamb suet pudding, I have to tell you. Tom Kerridge um, and his book Pub Kitchen. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a cookery book, but I'm reading it like it's um, a holy book um, by the look of it. Welcome back to Kelly and Jacobs here. Um, we're, I'm here today, tomorrow and Friday. You're back with me on Friday. Andrew, I, I am, yes, spare. I'm looking forward to it. Plenty of stuff. We'll keep you up to date with this uh, run feast that England are presenting at a still rather overcast uh, Oval. Pete Staunton will join us to talk about the European football, uh, Paddy's Challenge and Henry Winter We'll round up the show for us before we get to drive time. Lots to get through. But, of course, my favourite part of the show every day is when Andy goes through his extensive clippings library from newspapers, periodicals of the day. And what have you got for us today? It's a very dated thing. People don't read newspapers. Oh, and that's why I use the word periodicals as well, because you'll be be doing broadsheets for us next, Andy. I, I still like the feeling of news... Newspaper. Oh, I, I, I could watch you when I see you um, scouring the. He's like a, it's like sort of laser vision because how does he read? I mean, so much newsprint in front. He goes beep, 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 beep. There it is. Are you looking for key words like outrage and yeah, things like that? It's experience. Uh, yes. <laughs> anyway, starting the series. It's highly paid experience. This is a story that both we both saw, which is an amazing story about Aaron Rodgers, the uh, NFL mm. quarterback, signed for the Jets. For a guaranteed two-year uh, salary of sixty million quid. Yum yum. Yeah. And what happened to him? Well, um, it was the biggest story of the year of the whole close season in American football. It's six months to digest the fact that after eighteen years of huge success and four MVP awards, he had gone to the Jets um, from Green Bay. I myself, no, no hardship to me, stayed up till half past one to watch the game. Going to see the great man in action. Mm. Can he turn the Jets' season around? Four plays, one possession into it 
perfectly innocuous tackle, you know, 24 stone bloke hits him in the midriff like you see all the time. Mm. Down he goes and he knew straight away the look on his face. With We think oh, it's... A, hear, a, a friend of mine did it as well last week and it's, everybody does their Achilles, says the same thing. You and just he's, know instantly. And he's a, coming up 40 years of age and, you know, just we all know that sports science and, and, and medical science has just moved on acres in our, in our lifetime. But that is a very serious thing and they think it's a season-ending... Injury for him, so half I know the they've 60 got a lot of money, but you have to feel for the Jets. <laughs> Sixty million well, quid, it's never going to pay for you because most of these vast contracts you read about in American football, Andy, they can be torn up at a moment's notice. They're at the behest of the club, but in this case, he had the money guaranteed up front, as the very best players can get, can mm. demand. Um, and it looks like he's going to be. I mean, I'm sure he won't want to do this. He'll be sat in some kind of oxygen chamber. I'm earning 30 million in the next 12 months. Well, that's amazing. Now, we were talking earlier, you were talking about the Spurs podcast, and you were saying that somebody said to you, "One of the I like this podcast so much, I don't, I, I, I listen to it at normal speed, not one and a half Somebody times. T- texted me to say that the View from the Lane, my Spurs podcast, <laughs> award-winning, of course, and globe-rogering, um, he, he said, I listen to all the Spurs podcasts, but I listen to yours at in normal speed. I thought, what the hell? I need to research this. <laughs> Young people, they are so desperate to get their, their yeah, jollies that they listen to other <laughs> inferior podcasts at one and a quarter and sometimes one and a half times speed. Now, given the speed at which I talk anyway, can you imagine me at one? Can you imagine that? I quite like Ange at one and a half, but he'd sound yeah. sort of like normal, really. Yeah, he'd sound, he'd sound like Tim Vickery normally does, yeah. And, well, anyway, PG Tips, uh, agreeing with you, they've splashed out on a tea bag that basically works in 60 seconds, the whole thing just disappears, because they found that 45% of people pulled out the tea bag in under 30 seconds. They just can't wait. I mean, if you, if you get a sort of Yorkshire tea, it says on it four to five minutes, and I made it go. And it's a bit of a faff that you've got to sit there and wait for it to brew. But yeah. the reward, like everything, if you do, yeah. is, is great. I mean, the, the teas are an infusion. There's a, there's a, you know, they're not yeah. an explosion. They are an infusion. There's a <laughs> reason a for that word. <laughs> I have to say, Andy, I, 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 you know, you know, like my tea, um, incredibly strong. Mm. I just put the tea bag in, off in Yorkshire, um, and uh, I, just, I immediately, never mind five minutes, fifty swirls at high speed. That seems to get, make, make the same thing happen. Mm. But you're having to make tea bags speed up now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? What are you going to do? That's the way it is. Um, I love some of these letters to the papers. I was mm-hmm. actually I wanted, Alan Shearer wrote to the Times this morning, um, but it was Alan. So many calls. <laughs> it was Alan so G. Shearer. Oh. unfortunately, it wasn't any from Glasgow. I'd love to hear Alan Shearer's views on stuff in the Times. That would be great, wouldn't it? No, not really. And uh, Dave from Chorley, I don't know him, but I call him Dave from Chorley. He wrote to the Daily Star. He said, "One of the most annoying sights in sport and premeditated is when a tennis player has won a final, then lies flat." on his or her back. Anybody doing that should be disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> Dave from Chorley's hard line about tennis, isn't he? Can you imagine... And that's, as for air punching, no way. <laughs> Can you imagine Jack Nicholas or any other golfing great in his pomp doing the same after sinking a putt to win the Open? Dave from Chorley, let's just go through the physiological demands of those two sports. One, you're playing in 100 degrees for five hours, running, jumping, bashing, everything. You might fall down and take a 30-second rest. Golf, 
What's the biggest job in golf? It's peeling the banana halfway round, isn't it? Oh, that yeah. is the biggest athletic effort in golf. Um, so I, I, I do, I do understand Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicklaus. Well, I mean Nicholson wouldn't either. Really, let's be honest. No, you wouldn't know. Jack Nicklaus is not going to throw himself to the ground because he's not in the tight, slightest bit strained. He's had a lovely round of golf with his mates, and he's won I think two million quid. Something in 1985, people didn't fling themselves <laughs> to the ground. They actually, Bjorn Ball did, didn't he? When he won Wimbledon, didn't he? None of the one. Prostate, now, all, all I can really remember is uh, was it Pat Cash who went, they went monkey climbing <laughs> up the up the side of the stadium. Yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was good, wasn't it? Absolutely. Dave and from I was watching. I'm watching this program last night. This this has really got nothing to do with sport, but I, I was sort of disappointed for the fella. This is a program called uh, the, um, the Royal Borough of Kensington. It's a really interesting documentary, and basically it's centred on the Chelsea Flower Show right and the bloke had been tasked with uh, delivering a royal garden that King Charles was going to come and see and he had this whole thing where half of the garden was dedicated to the late Queen half of the garden was dedicated to King Charles he sourced plants from Sandringham he sourced plants from Highgrove weeks and weeks and weeks of this thing anyway Charles comes along and nobody from the organisation said this is the bloke that designed the garden and let him tell you about it. He, he had to go up to him and say, I, I designed the garden. Oh, dear. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. <laughs> you know, did you? Brilliant. You know yeah. the way Charles is. Yeah. He said, well, what's going on here? He said, well, I've got these plants from Highgrove. Oh, it's lovely. Okay, very nice. Well done. Brilliant. And he walked off. That was it. He never got the chance to say to him, I've done this deliberately for your mother because she liked these flowers. Lovely, and that yes. I very, very poor. I felt for him. I don't have anything to do with sport. But I don't. I, 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 sat there I, thinking, I don't live I really here feel anymore. Sorry so, but <laughs> Charles, as he was running up to come, becoming king, mm. always gave me the impression that um, he has um, a thinly disguised disregard for everybody else, regardless of, of whether they're rich, poor, um, or, or you know, high society or low society. Nothing I've seen in, in his king, in his kinging um, has made me change my mind. He just doesn't give. A, I don't know. I only, I only ever met him once. Uh, oh, well, you know, yeah, yeah. He is. Well, I didn't really. I sort of met him. <laughs> Hang on, uh, my uh, friend. Beep, won. beep. He's no, backing up. I met him. Beep, <laughs> beep, well, beep. I was invited beep. to a lunch where he was. So my friend won dry. He he had a house in uh, in the Cotswolds, and he won dry stone waller of the year. Yeah. And Prince Charles, or as he was then, King Charles now, was president of the Dry Stone Walling Association. Cementing his reputation. So he yeah. came along, my friend, through this wonderful lunch. And I have to say, I didn't. I took the day off work, which is very unusual for me. And yeah. Mr. Show Fee. Very, very top professional, that's, yeah. That's the sort of bloke I am. And I thought, well, okay. But when it actually came to it, other people lined up to meet him. But I was sort of like... On the on the outskirts, hovering and just sort of nodding sagely, <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to say I, that was it. I, I, I should have said to him, "I've taken a day off for this, mate. Would yeah. you like to speak to me?" Yeah. Do you know who I am? I'm Andy Jacobs, <laughs> by the way. I mean, uh, and since you played the "I've Met Prince Charles" card, beep, beep, okay. Beep. Well, I sort of met. Him, I've been know. to the Queen's Garden Party at Buckingham Palace. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. Um, clearly, I wasn't invited on my own, was I? No. Um, uh, uh, the, 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 For your work on Under the Moon. The, the, the infinitely better half um, does a lot of work for charity properly. Yes. Um, and uh, she got invited to the garden party. She said, will you come? I said, mm. of course I will. I'm very interested. As it happens, I couldn't have been any less interested, Andy, mm. um, in the goings-on and the toffs and, and, and the marquees and all the free booze and stuff. But there were two bands either end of the gardens in um, Buckingham Palace, both military bands, of course. Oh, yeah. uh, one was playing military tunes, and that was good. You know how I love all oh, music. Well, why not? And at yeah. the other end, a group of people, you know, obviously they get to practice every single day together because they're in the army, but they're in the band. 
They were doing the greatest hits of the Beatles over three hours. Um, a huge military band blatting the stuff out. Oh, it was great. incredible. I mean, they must have thought I was mad because eventually I got a chair and just sat down next to them. <laughs> You're supposed to stroll by with your, with your pink champagne. All... I got a chair because they were so good. And it absolutely made the day for me. It was very, very good. There is a picture of me. See if I can find it and put it up on Twitter um, in the grounds of Buckingham oh, yes, Palace like with the building. Talking of pictures of us, normally uh, we have YouTube on. I presume we are broadcasting this on YouTube. So, But we haven't got sort of the split screen I was thinking last night we're going to look great we're going to look like Lauren Harvey basically. I thought I thought Statler and Waldorf when I was thinking about the exact same thing earlier on we don't put it on because it sort of puts you off oh it and, is off putting yes and then this was interesting as well that uh, Davina McCall's got a new it's got sort of love island for older people it's called My Mum Your Dad I don't need to actually no, but, of course, you're, you know, you're, you're, I'm happily married but yes. if I wasn't I'd be quite interested but it, it basically mentions this guy that's on the show. His daughter asked him to to take part. And he's a former basketball player, and they're calling him Martin H. Which I think is quite surprising, because I know exactly who yes, he is. Yes, yes. <laughs> I used to watch him play. I, I, when I covered basketball for Sky and Channel 4 and people like that. I remember. Way, way back. He was Martin Henlon. From the, yeah. from the London franchise and from Guildford. He was a wonderful player. And, and then I think he went into commentary. So it's a bit strange to sort of like in, sort of incognito call him Martin H. Isn't there, well, I mean, and I'm glad that you've uh, revealed him. He'll be, he'll be relieved mm. as well. Is there an inherent problem with this programme? And that when you do Love Island, the 18 and 19-year-olds on Love Island are, like most 18 and 19-year-olds, single and looking for love. I get that. Mm. That's right. By the time you're looking for old people to do it, most old people, if they've got anything about them, like yourself and myself, we're off the market. And the ones who are still on the market are on the market for very good reason. Oh, They're probably horrible people, aren't they? That's really harsh. So what kind of contestants are they going to no, get? You can be unluckily on the market. It might not be your fault. Somebody's spurned you or wronged you. It could have you. been. But I, I find after a certain age, if you get spurned, it's usually your own fault, I'll be honest. I'm delighted in International Week to know that the... Uh, the biggest sporting event was who would win the battle of the hairdos between Kate and Meghan Markle. There's only one winner. It was Kate. Vout Veghorst. Has anyone seen Vout's <laughs> new haircut? Yeah, really? He came on and scored for, the, for the Holland. Um, think about um, synthy pop band circa 1985. It's, it's short, it's dark mostly, and then spikes of blonde hair. Vout Veghorst, if you don't mind. It'd be great the oh. sun had that tomorrow morning. And again, picture of Vout Veghorst. Yeah, picture of Megan yeah. picture of Kate. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, Vout is uh, big enough that when people say... You, they want to say you've done something to your hair, but he just stares at them and <laughs> defies them to say anything about it. Look it up. I'm all for the new haircut about Veghorst. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, that was the podcast. I'm Danny Kelly. I'm back tomorrow again, this time with Charlie Baker. Among our guests will be Amir Khan and Danny Cipriani. Should be good. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.